Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Truth. I'm Alan Weiss, and today's topic is internecine strife. Internecine means conflict within a given group, and it's usually destructive to both sides. And my feeling is right now that in the United States, at least, and perhaps elsewhere, if you're listening elsewhere, internecine strife is ruining everything. Most recently, for example, as I record this, a group of sixth graders from Florida were taken to see Machiavelli, not Machiavelli, were taken to see Michelangelo's great work, The David. Uh, And The David, of course, is considered one of the great sculptures in history, except two parents of this group found out that when they looked at David, uh, he had, of course, male genitalia, which uh, uh, was carved along with everything else. Uh, And uh, they took exception to that because people in the United States are so sexually repressed. And so they complained. Two parents, as far as I know, complained. And the principal was told either to leave on his own or he'd be fired immediately. And the principal left. Just because of these two parents. And forget the fact that uh, it turns out that the Italians uh, and the Italian artists uh, were uh, Michelangelo and the rest, Da Vinci and the rest of them, uh, weren't so repressed about sexuality and found this to be great art. About a year or so ago, a high school football coach went to the 50-yard line after the games, win or lose, and said a, a prayer by himself on the 50-yard line, uh, giving thanks for the fact that people weren't injured and the game was played well and so forth. And some players voluntarily joined him. And, of course, some parents complained that him using the field for his prayers was inappropriate and players were forced to join him. They felt that there was pressure to join him. And, of course, there was none. A few Uh, players went out there on their own. Never mind the fact that in professional sports, players are constantly thanking God and pointing upwards in thanks for a great play. Entertainers who receive Oscars or Emmys or Grammys or whatever, always thanking God, but no parents took exception to this. And um, they had him removed. The school fired him. They gave him an alternative. He could pray by himself in a janitor's closet. I'm not kidding. That's true. Well, it went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court reversed it. And they said there's nothing wrong with him praying out there by himself on the field. And recently, I talked to someone who was dealing with a teacher's union negotiating the next contract. And some teachers in the district work three days out of five, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This alleviates the crunch with the shortage of teachers. It gives them meaningful work and it gives them the kind of free time they need also. So it's a win-win relationship. And these teachers in the contract are called three-fifths teachers because they work three-fifths of the time. The union president changed, and the new union president said she refuses to have three-fifths in the contract because three-fifths also was the fraction used by the framers with the Constitution, unfortunately, unhappily, and terribly, to denote how much of a person a slave was. They weren't a full person. They were counted in the census for the purposes of electing uh, legislators and so forth as three-fifths of a person. Now, that's heinous. But not to use three-fifths today because of that? There were 11 Confederate states. Perhaps we should stop using the number 11. Right now, there are some political offices up for grabs, especially here in Rhode Island. And uh, all the politicians are suddenly saying, I never said defund the police. A lot of them are on tape saying, 
let's defund the police. It was de rigueur. It was what to say. It was to gain popularity. But not now. People are concerned about crime, especially in, guess what, minority neighborhoods. And so they're explaining, I didn't really say defund the police. I said reallocate and things like this. There are doctors, some of them pediatricians, who are advocating for children who claim identification with the opposite gender that surgery is appropriate, even for preteens and teenagers. Now, there is a legion of evidence that shows that a lot of these kids change their mind again and realize they identify with their born gender, male or female. Uh, and uh, they have gone through a phase, a normative pressure, or whatever it is. Now, not all of them, and some of them do identify with the other gender. But to engage in an operation at that young age, which can't be really successfully reversed again if the kid changes his or her mind, their mind, uh, I think is irresponsible. The operation can always be done later if it's still needed and necessary. We have drag queens, and I understand drag queens. I've gone to the performances. They're delightful. They're funny. I understand why people are drag queens. But they're reading stories uh, in full regalia to kids in the second and third grade. I just wonder, why is that necessary? Maybe the kid should have more of an understanding of what's going on in a, in a higher grade. But why is this so necessary? Is it for the kids or is it a societal statement? The airlines and theaters today have to make announcements. Please honor those people who choose to wear a mask. And please honor those people who choose not to wear a mask. We have to make special statements just asking for civility. Just asking for do unto others as you'd like them to do unto you. But we have to request the statement. And sometimes it goes overboard. There's a theater up here where before the play, the presentation begins, the performance begins, an actor from the company stands up and says in about 60 seconds, let's not forget that everything we have today is because of slavery and we're sitting on land that really was stolen and doesn't belong to us. And they say that regarding everyone in the audience. We're all guilty, we're all thieves, we're all no good. The other theater, there are two main regional theaters here, doesn't do that. And when I asked the director of the other theater why he doesn't do it and I, I praised him for not doing it, he said... I'm through with the woke nonsense. We're here to entertain people, to inform people, to provoke people, but not to give them sermons, not to, not to engage in theology. And I feel the same way. If I want a sermon, I'll get one in church once a week. I've stopped contributing to that first theater because I believe it's an abuse of their power to sell tickets and have people sitting there and preach to them that way with a political agenda. Uh, the First Nations of Canada... The indigenous peoples uh, are very well known. Uh, Canada, I think, has tried its best uh, to accommodate opinion and, and apologize for heinous history and so forth. Uh, there's an indigenous person, a woman who's in my coaching community. And I was with her the other day in a program I was doing, and she was talking to me, she was conversing, and she said, well, the rest of the Indians, she said. And I said to her, is it appropriate to say Indian? She said, well, yeah, we say it. I said, well... Uh, it, would it be appropriate if I said it? And she said, sure, it would. She says, you know, a lot of people prefer Native or, or First Nations or Indigenous, but you can say it. Well, this is our problem today. You know, we're afraid of saying certain things because we're afraid we might be canceled for it. On the other hand, when I go to my gym, which is an upscale kind of a gym, I would say, upper middle class people, I guess, the rap music that's played is rife with profanity, rife with the N-word, rife with calling women bitches and advocating violence against women, this is considered music or art or artists as they call themselves? I don't get this. Why is that allowed? 
Why is this sheer, utter profanity allowed and violence against people of certain backgrounds and ethnicities and gender? Why do they get away with that? Right now, the Chinese are teaching their kids the STEM discipline, science and technology and engineering and math. And we're trying to teach our kids to figure out with which gender they identify. We have an aging population. We have a lot of unclaimed jobs. Our unemployment rate in the United States is functionally zero. Yet we can't get ourselves to handle immigration correctly. Through two different administrations, two different parties, we still have a mess at the border. And because morbidity in this country and other countries, most developed countries, is outstripping fertility, population is dropping. In fact, in about seven years, I believe, maybe less, the United States will have more people over 65 than children. That's never happened before. So to avoid labor shortages, we need some kind of intelligent immigration policy. We've always had an immigration policy that worked one way or another because we're all from someplace else, really, and we're what made this nation what it is. But we'd rather deal with things like climate and these huge esoteric issues than deal with what's in front of us, like the problem of immigration or the problem of our deteriorating primary and secondary schools, which are not providing much of an education anymore because of politics, because of woke, because of unions. But we want to deal with things where we don't have to really get dirty the next day. We don't want to deal with things which might raise our taxes immediately. So we don't deal with, you know, restricting weapons. There was just another school shooting as I record this. We don't deal with the problem of the homeless and the mentally ill very well. And we keep suffering for it. We're fighting ourselves, internecine strife. We're concerned over every grievance, every minor grievance, which has to be observed and acknowledged by everyone else. And we're free to make accusations whenever we're unhappy, even anonymous ones, which are given serious consideration and often acted upon to the detriment of other people. You cannot unring a bell. Let me remind you of something. Consensus is something we can live with, not something to die for. Can we at least agree on that? You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.